0: Hebrews 7, uh, 20 to 28. Why don't we turn there? Um, And here uh, we continue on uh, with uh, the the certainty and the assurance that Christ gives uh, compared to uh, the Old Testament priestly line and what they seem to be helping with. But yet at the end of the day, when we separate that from Christ, uh, there uh, we see the clear distinction of how Jesus, as true high priest, is superior and eternal, and therefore his promise is tried and true, all atoning sacrifice, that is uh, what our Lord gives. And, and this is the continual kind of, uh, what's the word, emphasis for the writer to the Hebrews, because they were still kind of stuck on the Old Testament way, as if that was the way. So, um Kind of like an apologetical encouragement, this is who Christ is, that conclusion of who Christ is is very important. So uh, why don't we begin uh, with a word of prayer. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day, we thank you for this time. Lord, bless us in your word. May this word uh, continue to enrich our, our life of faith, uh, root us in this gospel, and through all things, uh, Lord, grant us joy and gladness as we study, and, and, and feed, and nurture, and, and fill ourselves uh, with your grace. Uh, we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So, uh, Hebrews. Um, and here we see uh, last week, uh, we ended on verse 19. And uh, there we talk about drawing near to God, what that looks like, uh, compared to the weakness and uselessness of, uh, of the former. Uh, and now he is switching over uh, to, uh, again, uh, to that whole swing uh, from the Old Testament priest to the, to the Christ, and there's that constant kind of comparison and contrasting of who our Lord is. So uh, this is uh, some good stuff today. I, I, um, I know I was telling my wife, you know, I, I talk too much during the week. <laughs> and I'm starting, I lose my voice sometimes, you know. Um, I talk too much. I don't like talking. I know I'm in the wrong business if I'm ta- I don't like talking, but I'm very, I am very—I like listening. You know, listening's good, right? Um, but yeah, talking too much. Verse 20 to 21, speaking of that, <laughs> why don't we read that together? Someone could read that. It would be great. Oh my. And it
1: was not without an oath. Others became priests without any oath. But he became a priest with an oath, and God said to him, the Lord has sworn and will
0: not change his mind. you are a priest forever. all right um you know I'm a frequent watcher of of forty eight hours or or dateline I don't know if you guys like that forty eight hours of dateline and uh, uh there's always a court scene where um they're having to uh you know they to tell the whole truth and, and to have that oath uh, of telling the truth. And it always reminds me of, you know, the, what we talk about here in verse 20, the oath, for on the one hand, or it was not without an oath, for those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath. Now, an oath is, what is an oath in general? What, what is an oath? Something that... Like, promise. promise, right? So what does... I mean, it's pretty obvious what the writer's doing here with the Old Testament priest. What, what is he saying about their, uh, what's the word? Their all-encompassing certainty. What is he saying right here in verse 20? It says, uh, For those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath. Right? And with that, we talk about the OT priests, and there they would uh, just continue in their human way, uh, in their, of course, calling and their duty in this Levitical line to do, to perform the acts to which God has called them. Uh, But when it comes to comparing the Old Testament priest to Christ, here we see the uniqueness, as we see here in verse 20 and 21. But this one, this Jesus, was made a priest with an oath, right? With that promise, Um, and that is Psalm 110 right there as a reference, again, uh, to uh, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. So you are a priest forever. What does that mean? What does that mean in the order of Melchizedek? You are a priest forever and ultimately of Christ. Uh, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but... Because what happened to human priests? They would... Die <laughs> Was that? <laughs> this almost looked like sleep, but die, right? They would die. And, and, and when we talk about just clearly uh, death and, you know, the, the temporal versus the theme of forever, um, what does that say about the work of Christ and what he has done for us? It is a sense of fi... Oh, you got that one, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Finality, the good. That's right. It's it's finality, right? I mean, talk about that. Um, When there's finality, uh, and there's not continuous over and over again, wondering, okay, we have to do the sacrifice again, um, uh, and we have to do it over and over again, well, it's not really... Uh, it's never going to be finished. We just got to continue to do this and do this and do this. Uh, but when Christ comes to the table, it is of finality rooted in the oath uh, that God has given to us, the promise. And, and there we have finality. Now, what, what is so important about finality? Why do we rest in Finality. Mm-hmm. And, and that finality is what? Is, is the gospel, right? So when we talk about you are the priest forever, again, it is by the true high priest, Jesus Christ, that he delivers the all-atoning sacrifice. That means what? That means there is no more need to sacrifice as you did in the Old Testament, this sacrifice, this unique sacrifice that is built and rooted in this promise, has given you the finality that your sins are washed away and it is done. It is finished, as Jesus says in John uh, 19 30, I believe. And and here we see uh, clearly that this is the difference. Death is the lot that we have in our lives, but yet for Jesus, he endures forever. and, and, Essentially, or uh, also, it is that his, his word endures forever, right? So, so basically what he says he will do, and the finality of it all is that you are assured and certain of your salvation because Jesus said it, he delivered it, and he gives you the once and for all sacrifice for your sins, right? This is, again, at the brink of our own mortality, of our own death Um, we're not wondering if we've sacrificed enough, right? Jesus is our... He is our Savior. He is the one who has given us his very merits of the cross to put all those questions aside, to have the full finality assurance that we are indeed children of God redeemed by his blood, right? This is... And again, um, why is... (laughs) Why is certainty so important, friends? Why is certainty and assurance so important for our soul? Why is that so important?
1: Because otherwise you live in doubt. As you say, have I done enough? Am I really going to go to heaven? Am I really, have I really been forgiven? I mean, you just the questions never end.
0: Yeah, I mean, for the Hebrews, it was just that constant trust in, in the system that they knew. And now with Jesus coming into play here this would kind of reverse all that they knew and, and now it's like, you know, what, what they didn't know if they just kind of didn't put these all together was that uh, they thought they were running the rat race. Or the rat, like, a, you know hamsters? Have you ever had hamsters? Yeah. Oh, they're great, I, I used to have like two and then all of a sudden I had like 15 because I, <laughs> and then I had three cages and then I'm like going to my church preschool like, hey, you want some, pa- you want some uh, hamsters for free? <laughs> I don't know how to do these things. I didn't know how to separate them. Anyways, uh, but uh, <laughs> I know they are. They're like little. Gr- you are like, where'd they come from? I'm like, oh man, uh, we got to do something. So um, I don't know why. Why did I bring that up? It's hamster wheel. Hamster wheel. Good. So uh, I'd always watch these hamsters on their wheel, and they would just keep on running and running. But they would run, uh, and we know the thing with hamsters. Uh, if you have a tidbit for you, that sometimes they would run so hard that they would, they would die, because they love the wheel. And they would never stop. And I, I think that's, I mean, that's not how we should look at what we're doing here with the Old Testament priest, but like that constant just cycle over and over again, wondering if we're running the race well. And at the end of the day, if it's, if it's without Christ uh, on that wheel, we just continue to go. And, and there that is a wheel of uncertainty. Uh, have I done enough? And, and here the unique, this is with this oath, with this promise, you have the finality, right? And that's why when you hear the word of God, it's always going to be about your assurance, your certainty, right? It's not going to be, Don, have you done enough?
1: <laughs>
0: um, I know I made Don laugh last week pretty well. I'm trying to get that to the red this time, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but, <laughs> but here we see uh, uh, an oath uh, from God uh, not only reveal superiority, as we see in our notes, but also eternity, right? So the superiority of Christ is one thing, but also the eternal promises that he gives, right? So very important when it comes to our distinction, why we believe in only Christ and what he has done, right? Uh, Because it is enduring forever. Nothing lasts forever except Christ and his word for us, and there we have eternity, right? Um, and this is our gospel conclusion. This is our this is our uh, this is our faith. This is our foundation. As we hear His word constantly, time and time again, it's always Christ, right? If you're hearing words that are, "Have you done enough, Nancy?" At the end of the day, what is your faith going to be? Have I done enough? Oh, I, I've, I've tried to do good enough. I've tried to go to tier one, tier two, you know, level up, gold, gold medal, silver medal, bronze medal. You know, um, you know, I've I've tried, uh, uh, but I don't know, but. It, it, This word is Christ, and there you say, "Yes, of course." The oath, the promise, Jesus, covenant, right, finality, and that is your assurance. Anyways, so now he, the writer, continues uh, to show the validity of Christ in verse twenty-two. So, could read that verse twenty-two. (laughs) Because of His oath, Jesus has become the guarantee. I love that word, guarantee. Yeah, how many times do we hear that word in this day? probably on your infomercial, you know, infomercial. Do you like infomercials? (laughs) Oh, you get another one with shipping and handling, right? Uh, (laughs) uh, But it's a money-back guarantee. Now, what what is a, why is a guarantee, uh, speaking of certainty, as I just said right there, uh, what is it about, this makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant? So, based on what we just wrote right there, that, It is of the promise. It is of forever. And therefore, in these gifts from our Lord, we have the... Guarantee is the hardest word to spell, by the way. Good, Good. all right. Tomorrow is another one. Always two Ms, two R's. I don't know. Anyways, but guarantee... (laughs) uh, Convenient, another one. Always I-E-N-T. Anyways, uh, but guarantee... What is guaranteed in this life? I know we've talked about death and taxes. I know we talked about that the other week. But other than that, what is guaranteed based on who Jesus is? What is your guarantee? Salvation, Salvation right? <laughs> that is a good answer, Marjorie, because it's the right answer. Well, I think this is for all of us, right? Salvation, um, what else? Peace, the forgiveness of sins, peace, uh, and that peace is due to the reconciliation that we have with our Lord uh, through his work upon the cross, Uh, what is also guaranteed that the reason why Jesus came to this world is to destroy the devil's work, as it says in 1 John. Um, What else? What's the other guarantee Uh, that we have eternal life, that when we look at the grave, what do we see? we see the overcoming that our Lord has done through his empty tomb, right? And, and here we see that guarantee. So we're about guarantees. Like I could, you could, you know, I trust Jeff, right? Oh, it depends on the day, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I trust Jeff, but can I, can I, can, can he guarantee me that, uh, I don't know. Can I trust his guarantee till the end of time? Uh, probably not. Right Because just like an Old Testament priest uh, who who would succumb to death, we all also uh, expire and we die, right, So we talk about guarantee the only thing I can guarantee my kids is this is that Jesus is their Savior, the one who rose for them and, and who gives them life in his name, and who has granted them eternal life. This is our our greatest guarantee as the writer says, a better covenant, right? So, what you believed in before, you thought that was good and sufficient? This is perfectly sufficient for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And that is why Jesus is the center. I mean, we know this, but trust me, who is trying to break up this guarantee? The, the evil foe himself. And how does he do that? A master accuser, right? And that causes doubt, right? And, and when we talk about guarantee, uh, when the evil foe uh, looks at uh, all the writings of the Lord, he is always trying to twist the word, distract you from the word, and basically saying that you need to find the guarantee, let's see if I can spell it right twice, in, in another way, Right? And for them, the Hebrews, their temptation was in their system, their Old Testament system uh, of the sacrifice, right? And, and everyone is trying to find a guarantee in this world, trust me, right? Everyone is trying to find a guarantee, uh, something that is certain and assured. Uh, and a lot of times that is of their, their own morality or their own legalism or whatever it may be. Now, again, good works are great. We, we ought to do that every single day. But when it comes to guarantees, that does not guarantee us our salvation, right? And, and um, as we heard the word this morning, uh, for those of you uh, who came at 8 a.m., you very well know that uh, because of Christ and what he has done, there you also have uh, your guarantee that, um, that his word reverses the curse. And trust me, just like Luther, who was terrified with his own conscience Realizing he could never do enough, no matter what measure he went through, uh, there he would rest upon his own, the promise of Christ and the baptism that he has given him. And, and this is the guarantee, right? Um, I know when we, when we see money back guarantee on the, on the, in an ad, uh, we know that's not true. Right? We know there's stipulations and limitations and all these things. But when it comes to the gospel, you are. That is your guarantee. There's no asterisk or, or um, what if or have you done enough, but this is what Jesus has done for you. This is the gospel in a nutshell. So again, why is he trying to... Why is the writer trying to nail this home for the Hebrews? What is at stake here? What is at stake if they just continue to revert back to their old way? What is at stake? What is, it, what is the risk why why can't he just say oh you believe in God so that's all good you know all all always lead to God that's fine why is why is he continually pushing why is he pushing them or not pushing them but encouraging them in this writing urgently uh to to see what is the better guarantor or the better because without this there is nothing else like when Jesus shed his blood on the cross, he died for everyone's sin. And our sinful nature says what? Well, that sounds good, but I don't know about my own sin. It's just too heavy. Uh, I, it sounds good for everyone else that he forgives them all, but I don't know about my sin. I, I, I don't know, Pastor. I, maybe in my own conscience, I, I'm struggling with that. And this is, this is, again, why we have our faith that is Christ. Because it's not what I feel, but our faith trusts in what he has done for us. The devil never stops, does he? Does he stop and take a break? Going on vacation? You know, (laughs) never, right? He's
1: the hamster on the wheel.
0: (laughs) I know I had an albino hamster once. Very vicious. Would bite me every time. All the other ones were normal, but the albino one was just like making me bleed. I know, right? <laughs> they got sharp teeth. You'd be surprised. Um, anyways, uh, yes. When you're talking about why is it so
1: important, it kind of strikes me that in those when this was written, the there were probably a certain number of them who maybe were reverting back to the belief that the Savior was yet to come, that this really wasn't the Savior. And, and frankly, that carries through to today with what those um, Jews really had apprentices that we just took the first one who came along. But... Um, <laughs> Whoa! He's <laughs> Jewish. But... um it's so easy to do that. And, and Satan not only tries to make us doubt, but he also tries to instill in us this whole cool idea of that that was something that was years ago. Today, we don't need to listen to that. That's what old men wrote. The whole thing about how relevant is it to today. And he wants nothing more than for us to think that we no longer need to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I I think there's a... And this is, this is why, you know, this morning with the Word of God, why, we do, why do we come to church? Uh, because there we hear uh, the words of life in the midst of all the noise that we face in our daily life. And this is where I think when we hear God's Word uh, as we are studying right now, this is what gets us back to, to what, is, what is true in the midst of all that is false, right? Uh, so uh, now we're going on our next theme, uh, verse 23 and 24, so you could read that for me. so what 's another distinction here with Jesus between the Old Testament? We already talked about it, but uh, what is the continuing does does the priesthood does that uh, do they have that continuation there in the human priesthood no, but they don't. yes that 's right uh, it, it holds them and prevents them from continuing in, o- in office right but Jesus, his priesthood, is permanent uh, and his priesthood is forever, so whatever is Uh, uh, eternal, that is where we find our guarantee, the better covenant. Um, I just, I I think to apply this, friends, um, as we live our life of faith, um, we we could tell ourselves, yeah, I I know Jesus. I, I know what he's done for me um and our in our old Adam says in us well you know i don't really have to hear god's word because i know i know who i am i know i know god i know what he has done for me i know jesus and all these things um but why do we have to hear it time and time again cuz
1: there's so many other things that try to drown it
0: out but i mean honestly in, in our nature as we look at the hebrews they they were believers and now this this Old Testament way is con- continuing to conflict and continuing to distract them. And after a while, what happens? They, they start turning away, right? Uh, I mean, do you see that though we have this great picture of who our Jesus is for us, how easy it is to just, I'm not saying just turn away, but just say, well, I don't need to hear that anymore because I already know that, um, why? I mean, as Marjorie said, it's easy to drown it out and, and go on our own way. Uh, and, and the Hebrews are a reminder to us that, yeah, even as believers, it's it's easy even to fall on that subtle notion: I don't need to hear it anymore because I already know it. But what happens on that path? I, you know, I already know it. I don't have to hear it anymore. What does the devil fail to tell us in our own human wisdom? on that path? I know that's kind of a weird... I ask the most weird questions, I know, but...
1: Well, it's kind of like you're not being... you're not continuing to be fed. And, and like the um, example with the vine. If the vine doesn't continue to get food, it's going to wither and die. And we're the same way. If we don't continue to be fed, we're going to soon turn away and it becomes... Like you said this morning, with the children's message, the piece of the pie it becomes a smaller and smaller piece of the pie and
0: less and less important in our life. And we all need a big piece of pie in life. It's one of my philosophies. <laughs> 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 Breakfast, <laughs> lunch, or dinner, it's always a universal food for any food group. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, I'm a pie guy and love pies. Very good. Uh, pecan pie, ooh, with some coffee, some yeah. dark coffee, like yeah. intense coffee. Oh, so good. Anyways, but uh, uh, not hinting anything. I'm just, I, should, I don't need pie. I don't need it. It's more of, yeah. Anyways, so, uh, so, so we, we see right here the mortality of man, uh, the former priests were, were many in number because they were prevented by death. So there had to be a lot of priests. Is there a need for a lot of Jesus's? <laughs> Jesus' thats not a word. It, it, no, there's only one, right? There's no need for many to be successors, right? It's Jesus. That—that's it. So, what does that show you about the superiority of Christ compared to the constant turnaround of death and then a new one, death and then a new one? We need a new one. We, it shows you clearly that from his from his from who he is uh, by his very word he gives you the guarantee of a better covenant right so when you are struggling you go to the guarantee you repent confess there you trust that your sins are forgiven you go to that guarantee right because your word the word that you hear constantly time and time again there it always points you back to Christ right and that's why that word is so important because um, the word that you hear, long gospel, all these gifts that God gives to us by His Word. There, at the end of the day, where does it always end? Christ. And at the end of the day, when you take your last breath, it's Christ. It, there's no doubt, right? If we're hearing another word, a false word, which is running rampant in these days, even in Christianity, there on the last day, a lot of us, uh, if we're into that, will be, will be on edge, Certain, because our conscience is there, wondering if we've done enough or with false teaching, going down a different path, and, and that just crumbles in itself, right? So really important that as we focus on who Jesus is for us, this is where constantly the, the, the writer is showing us the guarantee that he defeats death and he is eternal, right? Uh, and that he is of permanence, uh, and therefore uh, we see that uh, he, he continues forever, and his word continues forever. And that means your life is forever, right? Um, right now. Right now, your life is forever. How does that shape you? I think that's very joyous and glad that we are having life forever right now. Oh, what a great joy that is to live this life in Christ. Um, okay. Um, okay, so we're talking about guarantees in, in twenty three, twenty four. Uh, in regards to the, the notes here, in regards to the divine service, Uh, service at church, why is the guarantee a great comfort for you? See, and I I know I didn't really kind of, a very general question here, but when we talk about the Word of God, as we said this morning at service, God works on us by His Word. Right? His word works upon us, sustaining us in the true faith all by the power of the Holy Spirit, giving to us His very word that is of certainty and assurance that in the midst of our sin, there is Christ who forgives and who absolves and who gives us life in His name. Um, when we talk about the divine service, that is why we go as God works on us by His, by his word. And that word is rooted in the assurance that God gives to us through Christ Jesus. And this should be a great comfort to you, knowing that through all the things that you listen to, here we are in the green pasture of God's Word, resting upon His name and what He has done for us. And this is the guarantee that you're given. See, when you take communion, you're guaranteed that, as Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Right? When you see your sin for what it is, for what it truly is, there, as we examine our hearts and repent, they receive those words of eternal life, the forgiveness of sins, and that's a guarantee. That's so why when we sing the Nunc Minis, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace, no matter what happens, you are in peace. And that is reconciled with God by the forgiveness of sins. So, so a lot is happening by the word of God. Because even from then, during the Hebrews, and now in our present day, the guarantee is God's word. And that is your forgiveness. And that's what we need to hear time and time again. All right, so, so here we see clearly uh, in in um, in this guarantee uh, of how God works, uh, very important. Uh, verse twenty five. Verse twenty five. Someone could read that.
1: Therefore, He is able to save completely those who come to God through Him, because He always lives to intercede for
0: them. All right. So uh, as we look at here, uh, Jesus uh, intercedes for us. Uh, we we look at John seventeen. Um, and it's a long chapter, well not too long, but it's Jesus praying for the, for the disciples. Uh, he also prays for the world, he prays for us. Uh, and here in the high priestly prayer, as we call John 17, uh, there uh, he is interceding for us, right? He is speaking for us, he's praying for us. And there, uh, therefore, um, as our mediator, as our intercessor, we are confident that we draw near, sprinkled by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Right, we're not shaky, wondering if we're children of God. We are, you know. I said this in one of my video devotions this week. I forgot which one, but I think I did. I don't remember, (laughs) maybe. But but uh, uh, confidence is very important. Not human confidence, but Christ's confidence for you. This is beyond anything because I can't dwell upon. I can't trust myself. I can't trust myself for confidence. It's only Christ and His Word that gives us confidence. And here we see, uh, again, in verse 25: for it was, uh, consequently, He is able to save to the uttermost, right? That He has come uh, for the broken. Um, and here we see um, in your notes from Luther: If here by faith we do not take hold of Christ, who is sitting at the right hand of God, who is our life and our righteousness, and who make intercession for us miserable sinners before the Father, then we are under the law and not under grace. So, do you get that? Mm-hmm. And how is it to be under the law but not under grace? It's a very not the happiest place on earth—the anti-Disneyland, right? I'm not sure if it, Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. No, yeah. all right. Yeah. Um, it's costly, though. And Christ is no longer a Savior. Then He is a lawgiver, right? Then there can be no salvation left, but sure, despair and eternal death will follow. But I am baptized, and through the gospel I have been called to a fellowship of righteousness and eternal life to the kingdom of Christ, in which my conscience is at peace, where there is no law, sorry, but only the forgiveness of sins, peace, quiet, happiness, salvation, and eternal life. So what we talk about, again, Luther's quote here, uh, if we're under the law and there is no grace, there is no salvation, right? And despair, despair, what is despair? What is the picture of despair? The complete desolation, right? No, basically, no, no hope, right? That's what despair is, right? Uh, but, but in this guarantee, uh, Luther, as we talk about verse 25, uh, there we have the intercessor, Uh, as we draw near to God, uh, all by uh, what He has done for us. And that is a picture of the forgiveness of sins, peace, quiet, happiness, salvation, and eternal life. Um, This is our guarantee. I need to hear that every day. (laughs) Trust me. I need to hear that every day in the world that we live in is the words of Christ. uh, That my conscience is at peace because of the blood that covers me. Uh, This is... This is uh, what this gospel, and this is what the writer is emphasizing, uh, because there is no one else that can intercess for you, right? No one else, but only Christ alone. Um, yeah, read, read the high priestly prayer. It's so great. It almost brings you, brings you to tears uh, by how Jesus prays for us perfectly, uh, because we need, we need him uh, to intercess for us. Anyways. Uh, one more, uh, verse uh, verse twenty six. If so, we can read that. Such a high priest meets our need,
1: one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the
0: heavens. All right. So, comparing the Old Testament priests, can we say the same about them? Yeah. Um, can we say the same thing about ourselves without Christ? <coughs> But you don't know me, Chris. I'm not a sinner. all short of glory God. Of course. That's done. <laughs> Bring out the textbook. The manual, just this is what it says. And it, he's actually absolutely right. <laughs> that's right. Get out the manual uh, and that's good. That's good that he gets out the manual. No need to get out of his own own ideas and his own opinion about things, but the manual, right? God's Bible. And, and this is true, right? This is what differentiates Christ from the Old Testament. No priests born into this world of the flesh can say holy, innocent, un- unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted by the, above, above the heavens. After all, we'll talk about it later, the priests had to do what before they uh, 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 forgave the sins and the sacrifice for the people? They had to do, that, do it uh, themselves first, right? They needed to sacrifice for themselves first. So again, that's a clear distinction between who this Jesus is, because did Jesus have to sacrifice an animal for himself first, before dying? No, No, because he is these very things, right? I know I'm yelling, sorry. Um, I I got into it on the videos this week, it was intense. Um, Anyways, but uh, um, I'm not even angry, I'm just excited. So, i <laughs> the wrestling voice. So, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners. You see your notes right there. Holy means what? Uh, one with God, who is God, fully devoted and rel- reliant on the po- upon the Father as one. So, in the book of John, we see what? I and the Father are, are one. We see that holiness of Jesus, right? Innocent. What does innocent mean? Without guilt, without evil, right? It goes back to innocent. Suffering and death, as we say there in the Apostles' Creed. Um, unstained. Unstained. Um, what does that mean, unstained? Yeah. Yeah, those stains, those oil stains in clothes just never go away. And you tell your kids, I told you. Anyways, uh, undefiled without sin. Uh, separated from sinners. What does that mean? Does that mean that Jesus didn't come to dwell with tax collectors? Did did Jesus stay in his palace and say, Yeah, guys, escalate, elevate, and come to me. What what does that mean, separated from sinners? That simply, though he was with sinners, he did not partake in their sin, that he was sinless, that he is not of the world, right? Uh, and therefore, um, as he is separated from sinners, there he could be and is the all-atoning sacrifice for you. right? Um, exalted, again, exaltation, the state of exaltation, uh, we see in the Creed, descended to hell, third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended to the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, come to judge the living and the dead, exalted to the right hand of God, assuming all authority. So why is this? So we'll close here with this when we talk about the descriptions of who the true high priest is, exalted, why is that, why is all the descriptions, and ultimately his exaltation, your comfort at 1016 on January 29th? 30th, 2021. Um, Why? 22? 22? I still make problems on my checks there. I have to, one or two. But, Exalted? Why why is what does that mean for you right now? That he is the exalted one. What does that mean for you right now in your confidence and assurance and guarantee? He's
1: the perfect intercessor for our sinly nature.
0: Yes, he is
1: Mercy and forgiveness from God.
0: Yes. That his sacrifice actually uh, worked. For our sin. Yes. Um, exalted, right hand of God, the Father Almighty. When we say that in the creed, what does that mean? That He de- assumes all divine authority. And when He says in Matthew 28, Lo, I will be with you until the end of the age. He is with us by His word. And there in that exaltation, we very well know that from then until now and to all eternity, the guarantee is that by His word, there He promises to be, which is in your baptism. That is a promise that you have. Guarantee in the Lord's Supper. That is a promise that you have, knowing that by His body and blood, in with and under the bread and wine, there you are forgiven, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. All by the fruits of, of the sacrifice, the atonement. Um, <laughs> I know <laughs> I'm the micro-machines guy. Remember that? Anyways, uh, but, but this, is, this is very important uh, because he is with you right now, and you're guaranteed to that. Not a feeling, but a promise from the guarantee from the high priest himself. You are forgiven. That's a guarantee. All by the, the, the promise of the high priest and his sacrifice. And where you receive that forgiveness in what he has instituted in your baptism in the Lord's Supper, there you can rest fully in confidence that you are uh, indeed forgiven of your sins and that you are robed in his righteousness. Th- this, is, this is why the high priest is so important to, to trust and who he is in his unique, uh, in his unique descriptions here, of being holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted. Because there you have your guarantee, your assurance, your certainty for your soul knowing that even if I walk out of this door, no matter what happens to me, I have peace, the peace of Christ, which guarantees me salvation, forgiveness, life. And, and this is who I am, and this is who you are, right? all by the true high priest. So anyways, we'll stop there. Uh, yes, we will. Um, let us pray. Let us pray. Dear Holy Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for this time. Lord, bless us. In, 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 your, in your assurance and confidence, knowing that by your very word we are uh, given the better covenant, a guarantee that our sins are forgiven. Bless us, O Lord, this day in the joy of the gospel, that through all things, through all affliction, O Lord, you are there for us as we rest upon your grace, as you carry our sorrows and every sin and guilt to that very cross. You have given us life in your name. Bless us this day by your word, and may this word sanctify us in your truth. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.